0: Ladies and gentlemen welcome to the inspire before we expire show I am your host Terrell Sumter guys I'm very grateful thankful and grateful to be here yet another day that's never a promise ladies and gentlemen I know it's been some time I took some time away guys and I want you all to know that we're now here and I'm still grateful to be here and thankful to be here and grateful to be here with you today so you know how I start these interviews off I want you to close your eyes. I want you to breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Now I want you to open. I know there's been a lot going on around today's society, guys. And I want you all to really take some time to look at whoever's next to you and tell them you matter. Guys, if you haven't already, I want you to subscribe to the Inspire Before We Expire show. Stay updated with our shows, our interviews, and exciting guests that we have coming on. And I want to thank you, most importantly, for your support. Without your support, who knows where we would be, right? So, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to take too much of your time, man, because I'm beyond excited for this one right here, man. We're back. Yes, indeed. Fourth quarter. Yes. Guys, this gentleman here, he's a 20-year-old self-made millionaire. He is the producer of the New Age Millionaire Show, a web TV series about the lavish lifestyle of the young and successful. His mentors once told him, you can be the next Jeff Bezos. And also told him, you, you're in the top 99,000.9999, yep. <laughs> he was running three businesses at the age of 21, in a group of nine at 24. He is best known for creating SPX Mac, the world's largest consulting firm for e-commerce brands with over 10,000 clients in 116 countries. Guys, I want to introduce you to my guy, man, coming out of Greece, Mr. Damon Procelanus. Damon, welcome, man. Glad to have you, bro.
1: Thank you, Terrell. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm looking forward to our discussion here. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here with you, man.
0: Absolutely. So, Dane, man, if you can just really give us a background of you, man, of where your journey first started, that'd be awesome.
1: All right. So, I grew up in Greece. I'm 24 year, years old right now. And about the time I was 18, I got access to chemical engineering here in Greece because Um, I studied for the Panhellenic exams, the school systems between the United States and Greece um, have some differences. So for context, let me explain how it works here. Basically, you have to study very hard in high school in order to score high grades at the Panhellenic exams. And then based on those grades, you gain a sponsorship to study in the university. There are paid colleges, but you cannot get, for example, to study medicine or law in a paid college, that does not exist here. So it all depends on the grades that you score on the Panhellenic exams. Uh, I studied very hard in high school and got access to study chemical engineering. And I did that for one and a half years before I dropped out. And I basically dropped out because uh, back in 2015, five years after the financial crisis, the situation in Greece had not improved. Uh, my father was unemployed my mother was just a civil servant they couldn't make ends meet I was in a different city studying university and they also had to take care of my brother and with one salary of 800 euros a month that was not possible my grandparents had to chime in from their pensions my uncle had to help us financially as well and basically it was a very dire financial situation where I had to sleep on a mattress I picked up from the trash in a little apartment that was unfurnished. Um, I had to live there for several months before I moved out because I wasn't able to pay rent. And then I went to uh, a dorm room that the university gave to the poorest students. And I lived there for uh, the rest of my studies until i started my first business and then things started improving in my life
0: right man it seemed like you've been through a lot man your family went through a lot um you know and uh but that's what makes the journey man honestly that's why we get to share today right so your experience really seeing your family go through what they was going through financial hardships and also you saying that you actually picked up the mattress from the
1: the trash can outside, correct? Yeah, yeah. It, it was actually not outside my apartment. It was like two kilometers away. I was uh, walking back home from the, university, uh, from the right. university's dining hall. I would go there to eat every single day because they provide us with uh, free food. And then on the way back, I spotted a mattress next to a trash can and I was like, uh, I think if I carry that one back home and clean it up, maybe it would be better than sleeping on the hardwood floor. So I walked um, it two kilometers back to my home with a mattress on my back, carried it up to the seventh floor because it couldn't fit in the small elevator and then spent about two hours to sanitize it. And I bet it wasn't safe to sleep on that thing. But anyway, uh, I had no other option.
0: And did. tell us about like what was that experience like for you, man? Like, like what was really like, you know, during those times you had to really sleep on that mattress. What what, uh, was, you, what was that experience like for you?
1: It was embarrassing and kind of humiliating, and I don't think anybody knew how I got that mattress in there. Uh, it was only. Years later, that actually became something that was a story worth telling because at the time it just felt very, um, very disadvantaged. And I just blamed my parents and my country for all the misfortunes that I was experiencing. And that was one of those moments that I just didn't want to share with anyone. So it was very embarrassing. Indeed.
0: Indeed. And but now did... I'm
1: happy with it now. Yeah. I'm happy that it happened actually.
0: Absolutely. So um, how did you get from sleeping on a mattress to now being in penthouse suites, man? Sky views and everything of that nature. How did you get to where you're at now today?
1: So the way I believe things work in life is like a domino. So you have the whole game set up and then you push a piece and then that falls and then it pushes the next one and the next one and the next one and then you have like a chain effect. One action leads to another and then you have the end result which could be whatever depending on the setup of the game. And if you see like those uh, very large domino games that they make YouTube videos for, uh, for example, they push a domino piece on the second floor of a building and then you see um, a whole array of 300 pieces dropping and then pushing a ball and then the ball jumps onto a hoop and then something else happens. And it's like just, um, a huge show and it all starts out of that little domino piece. So similarly, uh, the way I started, it was like the first piece was that all that financial adversity I was experiencing and that pushed me to seek some answers and to find a way to uh, get out of it and experience and, and experience something different. And I tried a lot of different things in the beginning, uh, didn't know what to do, I had no guidance. So my initial idea was to find some job and try to make ends meet and basically persevere until I finished my studies so that I could leverage my degree in order to find a better job. So I would do all jobs like distributing flyers on the street, uh, working as a waiter at taverns. I even considered working as a lifeguard or a barman for uh, for a while, but none of these would have any drastic immediate effect on my life. I mean, it would just, the situation would continue for years and years. And then even after getting my degree, there was really no guarantee that the situation would would get better. So I had to find something that was more efficient and more, uh, f- and faster, like in a sense that not only it would be something that will happen in a weekend, but something that will have, mm, how, how to put it? I believe in efficiency and like doing things, doing the minimum to get the maximum result. For example, when you go to the gym, you can get the same body by working out three days a week and the same body by working five days a week. But working three days a week to get the same result as five is just more efficient. And that's kind of how I discovered digital business and entrepreneurship. Okay. I stumbled upon, upon a website that talked about benefits of working online from, uh, from your laptop and having your own digital business. And the guy who wrote the website was basically saying that he was making $10,000 a month by blogging and doing affiliate marketing and selling his own products online. And that was a big epiphany for me because up until that point, I considered being a doctor and making perhaps five, $4,000 a month, which is very good for Greek standards, uh, something that would be life-changing for me and life-changing for anyone. And here is a guy who's just, traveling around the world and making so much money from his laptop and he doesn't even have a degree and it was just my mind was blown how is that even possible and it's like one of those stories you read and you don't know if it's true if it's maybe somebody trying to take money out of you if he's trying to scam you in some way put you in some pyramid marketing scheme and yeah basically as i invest, investigated the whole situation i realized there was a whole world of internet entrepreneurs who were doing all those things starting in, internet businesses and changing not only their lives but the lives of others and the more i kept digging and trying to find information about that world the more he drew me in and yeah that's how i discovered it
0: right right absolutely man so i see uh so, what was that first entrepreneurial, um, like, what was that, what was your, what was that first entrepreneurial um, position for you, like, what, what led you from sleeping in the mattress to to now, like, um, getting into entrepreneurship? So, you know, tell us about that.
1: You mean who was the first person or what was, like, the first uh, business that I tried?
0: Yeah, the first, um, yes. Yeah, my apologies for that. Um, the, first, uh, the first business, so your first entrepreneurial business.
1: All right. So initially, um, I saw that guy doing blogging and affiliate marketing, and I thought, right, um, I don't know of anything else. Maybe I should try this. And so I started my own website during concord.com, and I tried to write about self-improvement, fitness, um, a little bit digital business, and basically things that I was learning about and I was topics I was uh, interested and passionate about. And I had the impression that I would be able to make money out of that thing. But the problem was that I had a website and nobody knew about it. I had no traffic and I had no idea how to promote it. But I kept writing those articles for weeks and the weeks turned into months and nothing was happening. And everybody in my environment was like, why are you wasting all your time reading those websites and writing articles? Nothing is working. I mean, you're just wasting your time. You should focus on your studies and these, do you know anybody who's made money online? And I was like, um, I know this guy. But they were like, "Do you really know him? Do you know him in person? Have you ever met him?" Yeah. Like, "No, I don't. I haven't." But he's doing it, and basically everybody was cynical and hesitant to believe that it was possible. And my own lack of results basically was a testament that they were right at that point. And Those, so this, I'm gonna cut you off. But this website here was Fever,
0: right? Fever was the a certain website that you was uh, operating off of at this time
1: that happened that happened a little bit later okay i had my own website darrenconquer.com i was writing articles on there okay um but i couldn't get any traffic so i started researching ways about how to promote my website and how to bring traffic into it how to get readers and one thing led to another, and somehow I stumbled upon information about how you can make money freelancing on Fiverr. And I was like, okay, uh, my website isn't working. Maybe I should try that Fiverr thing. Um, I don't know what it is, but let's see. So I registered on Fiverr with a weird name, uh, SPXMAC, that makes no sense. <laughs> And I'm like, let's see what's going on here. And I start selling my first services. And the only thing I knew, the only skill I had was writing articles with uh, English as my second language. So I was not a particularly skilled or talented person. But it was the only thing I had. So there was nothing else. So I'm I'm trying to sell that. And nobody's buying. And I'm like, all right. The website isn't working. This fiber thing isn't working. Um, Maybe I should go back to uni. Uh, And at the same time, I was trying to combine those things together. So I would go to the university in the morning and then at 2 p.m. after all my classes, I would go to the library and work on all those, um, try to make money online. Uh, But then I realized, uh, then actually I got a job. On top of all that, on top of my studies and on top of the intern business that I was trying to figure out how to make work, I got a job because it was around June two thousand and fifteen, and I wanted to go on vacation because all of my friends would go, and I didn't want to be left behind. It was my first year in university, and I wanted to go somewhere even if it was for just a weekend, but I had no money, and I knew my parents couldn't pay for it so I enroll on a class to teach me how to become a bartender. And on top of everything else, I have to go to the bartending classes in the afternoon. And then after two weeks that I finished that short course on bartending, I find a job as a bartender. And I had to combine school, bartending, and the online thing, which wasn't working, and I was about to give up on it. So on my first day at that job, Uh, as a bartender, I made a mistake while preparing uh, a coffee for somebody, for a client. And basically the boss fired me on the very same day. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you don't know what you're doing. You're clearly inexperienced. I'm sorry, you cannot work here. And boom, you're gone. And I lose that job. And I was very disappointed because I knew I I wasn't going on vacation that summer. So I go back home that night and I realized that the reason nothing in my life was working and bartending didn't work, the online businesses didn't work. It was because, uh, I didn't take any of those things seriously. I was just trying to do everything at the same time. Uh, and I basically diverted my energy and focus into a hundred different things. And I didn't focus on really mastering one of them. So, I suddenly stopped going to university and I'm like, okay, I have to make those online businesses work or I'm going to end up homeless. I'm going to end up, I don't know. I'm going to go back to my parents and live with them. I don't know. I stopped going to university and I just stay at home all day in the summer working on that blog and started uh, doing Fiverr again. And the only reason in the, that I didn't make any of those things work in the first place was that I wasn't serious about them. I had just hopped on a Fiverr with a weird name and set up a profile that wasn't professional and didn't give anybody the, a professional impression that would make them want to hire me. And I realized that the reason I wasn't getting any results wasn't, was that uh, I wasn't doing it like a professional would. So, as, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, as you got fired, right? What led you to push harder to saying that, man? I'm not gonna keep juggling, but I'm gonna focus on that one thing, and I'm gonna make, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna make it big.
1: It was just that realization that I was uh, spreading myself too thin amongst many different things, and I had to just pick one of them and go all in at it. It's like when the when the Spaniards went to South America to conquer it, and they, like the general, decided to burn the ships, and they were like, we have no way to go back home, it's either we kill all those Aztecs and we conquer their civilizations, or we die here. So you have only those two options, and for me it was similar. I stopped going to university, and missing those classes meant that I would lose the entire year because I uh, because I wouldn't... If I missed a few classes at the end of the year, the final two months, I was not gonna be able to take the summer exams and therefore the whole year would be lost and I would have to repeat it. And so online business was my only option because if I went back home that summer and I told my parents I couldn't pass those exams, they would be like, okay, so why are we paying for you to live in another city? Are you just taking our money just go out and have fun? Which wasn't the case, but you know, what I mean, they would be disappointed that I wasted that year. Mm-hmm. So I had only one option: I had to make online business work. And basically, for a month or a month, a month or so, it was June two thousand fifteen. I spent all day and night trying to get orders on Fiverr. And one day I managed to make my first $30 in a day. I got three orders out of nowhere. and It was only because I fixed my presentation. It was, um, I sat down and made like a, a video to promote my service, uh, create samples to show them how I wrote my articles. Um, tried to find a few clients did them free work to get a couple of reviews to look more credible on the website and basically that led to getting my first three orders and making $30 in a day and that was the first money I've ever made online and that's where I knew that if I kept repeating that I would get the results that I was seeking that it was possible to actually make money doing it Mm -hmm. man may not be much
0: to many, but during that moment, that was much for you because you looked at it as you got fired from this job. You uh, dropped out of school. So you still seen that, man, I still got to push forward because I want to make it big somehow, some way. So tell us about the process of growing that platform while doing Fiverr, man, um, or so like that, and, and, and really helping you get to where you got to today. You know, just tell us how that process of the growth and everything in that nature from already going through what you went through.
1: All right. So after I made my first $30 on Fiverr, I knew that all I had to do was just keep doing that every day. Right. And I would make a thousand a month. It wasn't a big amount of money, but for me back then uh, I had an allowance from my parents. They would give me a stipend of two uh, $200 and that's what, that's, That was all the money I had to get by with every single month. So five X in that was huge for me making a thousand was more than my mother was making. And especially if I could make it from my laptop, working from home. So I had that positive affirmation, that validation that, okay, this thing works. It's not, it's not a scam. It's not something imaginary. It actually can make you money. And I basically delivered the work to those three clients. They gave me glowing reviews. I made sure that hey, they had an awesome experience from the beginning to the end. I followed up with them to make sure that the articles were published and everything was right. And they gave me referrals and they brought me more clients. And then Fiverr search engine, what it does is when it sees that you're getting some orders in and those orders are getting reviewed positively, you get extra exposure on the website. So for example, when somebody searches for article writing on the platform, the website pulls up uh, relevant results and it ranks them based on various factors. Uh, Reviews are one factor. Recent number of orders is another one. Who's getting the most orders? Um, Who's getting reviewed negatively? Who's getting the most page views? Whose um, profile image is getting clicked the most? all those factors matter for where, where you rank on the site. And because um, I was ranking uh, very high for all those factors, I uh, would get more traffic from Half Fiverr and more people would see my, my services. And it was basically like rolling like a snowball. It kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I started getting more reviews. And then I wanted to know Okay, how I'm I'm making uh, I made a thousand dollars approximately my first month on Fiverr, but I was like, okay, how can I make that bigger? And I started reading about marketing and how to promote your services, how to structure a brand, a company in order to uh, grow your revenue. And I read somewhere that you have to have. Multiple streams of income, but not like in the sense of completely different businesses, but within the same business, have different um, different tiers of products you're offering to your customers, so that you can maximize the revenue that you that you're getting. And I thought, all right, uh, what other writing services I can offer? And then I went on Fiverr and checked uh, and checked what other services similar to mine out there that i could also sell and i discovered something called copywriting which is basically how to write persuasively in the written world right how to write advertisements either on, online or offline how to write sales pages and i started creating gigs for all those things i started offering services for those as well and then i went into creating resumes and basically i created a service for every single writing offering that was on Fiverr at that point and I had eight different services and I was just trying to figure out which one of them would yield the best results so I could kill the other the others and just focus on the product that was the best selling one and I, I discovered that copywriting would get me 90% of my orders after my second month on the platform and then the rest of 10% would consist of article writing, which was the thing I began with and 2% maybe would be other little things. So I killed those other little things that weren't performing. I um, I didn't kill article writing, but I went all in on copywriting. So that was the main thing I was offering. And within that I discovered, I learned about specialization and how Well, the key in business when you want to maximize your profits is to find something that's not only in demand, but is also rare. So how can you find something that your competition isn't doing, but it's also in demand? And I noticed a pattern that many of my clients were asking me to write copy for their Amazon listings. So I spotted that little trend. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should separate that because uh, it happens very often. I should create a new service that's specifically related to copywriting for Amazon listings. So then I would have my article writing service, my copywriting service, and my Amazon listing service. And suddenly, the third month, it was August 2015, it starts booming because of the third service. Uh, Amazon listing writing was huge because there was nobody on fire back then offering it. And I just started getting wild traffic and many, many orders. And then uh, two months later, I was making $5,000 a month, which was basically what my uncle was making, was a, was a doctor. I was like, my mind was blown. Mm. I was blown away. I I was making more money at age 19 that I was never gonna make with my university degree after right. five years of studying. Right. And that That's, was only the beginning of it. Yeah, yeah, indeed, it, gets,
0: gets, it gets even better. So you went from thirty dollars to then five thousand a month with all these businesses combined. So man, um, i read up as well. This is also during this time and process that the fiber or you know company also helped you make your first million.
1: Yeah. So those were the first few months when I was making little money, and then. There was a period of a few more months where I was stuck at the range of 5,000, 6,000 a month. Uh, didn't know how to grow it further than that. And I, had in, I tried increasing my prices, which worked, and it boosted my revenue by 10 to 20%. But there was a point where you, you couldn't increase your prices anymore or you would start losing customers. So I had maximized demand. I had also maximized my time. Uh, I was working 10 to 14 hours a day. I was heading to burnout and I didn't have any more time to give. I needed to sleep. So I came to the conclusion that the only way to keep this thing going and make it bigger is to basically clone myself. I had to replicate what I was doing and I hired my first employee. I found a friend whose English uh, was quite good and I started teaching him how to write copy, how to create listings for customers and basically he took over the fulfillment part of the, of the business and I would do the customer generation and customer service and that freed up loads of my time. I went from working 14 hours a day to just working one or two hours, just uh, sorting through client messages, making sure all their needs were met and just um, forwarding all the orders to my fulfillment guy. And he would write the copy, send it back to me and I would give it to the clients. So that was the next phase that the business started scaling and it went from 5K a month to about 10 by having one employee and then I started hiring more and more and more and just repeated the same process up to making a hundred thousand dollars a month, a few months later. Gotcha.
0: No, that's amazing, man. Um, honestly, so when did it come to about when you decided to transition from this to now get into e-commerce and consulting? you know, to, to, mm-hmm. to growing it to be one of the most largest firms in, in the world, right?
1: All right. So, It was kind of inevitable because uh, I was writing copy for all those Amazon sellers. Many of them had big brands selling millions of dollars worth of products on Amazon. So they were asking me questions I didn't know the answer to because I was just a copywriter and I had a team of copywriters and they they wanted to know how to increase their sales on Amazon, how to rank their products on Amazon, how to research and find new products to sell. And I had no answers to those questions. So I had to find answers to service my clients. So I started researching those topics. I found a mentor on that particular sphere. Uh, She was an Amazon seller that was making one million dollars a month on Amazon. And I started learning from her. And slowly I started um, getting the answers to those questions. And I introduced new service to my already paying clientele that was trusting me. That they knew me, they knew I had a good service. They knew I was gonna be able to deliver if I said I could. So I created new services for ranking products on Amazon, uh, product research, um, getting access to their accounts and listing their products on the pla- on the platform, uh, ranking products, and basically a, a whole suit a suit of solutions to help my clients cover all their needs when it comes to selling products on Amazon. And that was how I made my first million. And because of that, I was able to travel to the United States for the first time. I attended a lot of events, seminars, uh, live training, and even was invited to speak on stage at the Amazing Selling Machine Summit in the summer of 2017 in Las Vegas in front of 5,000 Amazon sellers. And that basically was the next domino piece that led to more success. Uh, more people learned about me and my service and then basically from there it just skyrocketed
0: right right
1: indeed man that's big <clears throat> so it's like
0: you know you basically you say you hired an employee who knew some english or so like that and um then you started to just build more relationships and connect with people and you said you learned from this uh this mentor that she was already making a million a month from Amazon. So getting people to trust you, mm-hmm. like how can you get people to trust you, you know, in, in the line of work that you're doing or so like that, so that way they can do do the same in their business, Does that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Like how to make clients trust you, in order to give you their business.
0: Yeah, like how do you make clients and also just those that you, you know, recruiting and be on your team as well or employing and be on your team as well, letting them know, like, this is the, listen, I'm going to take you to the top or I'm going to take you where you need to go.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I would say it's quite different when it comes to getting employees to trust you, and a little bit different when it comes to getting clients to trust you. It depends a lot of, on context. So when it comes to clients, because I had, I was leveraging Fiverr's infrastructure. They knew that I wasn't going to rip them off because they, Fiverr was the middleman that, were, that was connecting us. So they knew that if I couldn't deliver or I've, if I took their money and didn't meet their needs, they could just tell Fiverr, hey, this guy is not delivering what he's promised. I want my money back. Give me a one-star review and basically toss me to the trash can. So I had no other option but to deliver the result they wanted. And as a result of delivering that, I got the credibility from having that order fulfilled and reviewed positively. And when you amass thousands of positive reviews, then it's very easy for new clients to trust you when they see all that social proof working for you. And also the fact that Fiverr is there as a middleman guaranteeing to the client that they are going to get their work delivered or their money back. And that's also pretty reassuring. So it, it wasn't, uh, the environment was very, like, um, how to put it? it was quite beneficial. It was like uh, an accelerator. It helped me as opposed to having my own website, my own platform, and just cold email, emailing leads and trying to get them to trust me. Right on. And what would you say, man, thus far on your journey, what has been the biggest challenge for
0: you? And um, how did you overcome?
1: Biggest entrepreneurial challenge? Yes, correct. Um, if you ask me that a few years ago, I would say <laughs> there was no challenge really that I couldn't overcome. Right. But I, because I had to, I had no other option, man. I, I was sleeping on that trash mattress and I had to get out of that situation. So there was no challenge that could stand in my way and make me say, okay, I'm going to stop here. But after you make your money and after you start seeing the, the fruit of your effort and you start eating the fruit and enjoying it and then you sit back on your chair and relax a little bit, you start traveling a little more, you start going out a little more, you start spending some money, you're living a better life. That's when you're like, okay, so do I still need to do all that work? And you have those thoughts of complacency, those little devils messing with your mind. All right, maybe you should uh, go in us in, in August and chill a little bit with work. Just leave your employees do it. And yeah, you go and party and you go and travel. After all, you've earned it. So all those things like start sucking the motivation out of you. Not in a bad way, but it's kind of natural. Like you have some results, you're making some money, you want to enjoy the, the fruit of your, of your effort. But at the same time, it's quite a challenge to keep going even after you've gotten those results, because what's next? What's next? Right. You know what I mean?
0: Indeed. Mm-hmm. So, what's some advice, man? Because I have a lot a lot of younger up and coming entrepreneurs um, listening right now, tuned in from their office, from school, um, from the gym, maybe what's some advice that Damien will give to them valuable advice that they can take with them because they may be feeling stuck at this moment, just like you once was was wondering why this wasn't working for you or so like that, and they may just not have that person in their corner to to guide them and to mentor them or so uh, what's some advice you would give to them that, um, Mm -hmm. that can help them every step of that, that way or so like that to help them uh, get to the success they desire to get to.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. I would, I would tell them a couple of things. First of all, um, success in business and in in life doesn't come with an expiration date. You don't know when it's going to come to you. And it. how long does it take? It takes as long as it, as it takes. It could be one month, it could be two months, it could be three months, it could be three years, it doesn't matter. If you make all the right choices along the way, and you know when you're making all the right choices, because you go to bed feeling fulfilled and you wake up feeling fired up. And if that's not happening, it means that somehow you're faltering, you're making mistakes and so if you're making all the right choices, and what is money? It's a measure of a man's choices. It's basically a scorecard that's telling you, okay, you've been making the right choices for all that time, and now you're getting rewarded for it. And what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that okay. don't attach a definite date by when you want to get to see results from what you're doing and just keep making the right choices just in, with blind faith knowing that in the end, if you've done everything right, it's, it's impossible for it to not work out. It's just impossible. I mean, you wake up every day, you, you read a book for an hour a day and you learn new information, you start a successful businessman, you learn from mentors, you watch videos, you work on your business, you don't waste any time. You, uh, you don't hang out with losers. You don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's important too. Yeah, your environments and your, fre- and your friends affect your life. You're the, sum of the five pe- pe- uh, you're the sum of the five people that are closest to you. So all those things matter. And if you do everything right, how is it possible for everything to go wrong?
0: Absolutely. I love that, man. Thank you. And who was those mentors in your life, man, along your entrepreneurial journey or so like that? People you came across and you just, man, you knew as soon as you met or got to connect with them, that these guys, it's going to be a, a lifelong friendship, a lifelong relationship that you're going to carry with you for the rest of your life.
1: So the first man that taught me about digital business and entrepreneurship was a man called Victor Pride. He had a website called Bold and Determined, and that's the side. Uh, the website I told you about in the beginning of our conversation, it was a guy who was blogging and making $10,000 a month, traveling the world and doing that from his website. And that was my first influence that um, sent me towards down towards that entrepreneurial path. And after I started getting results, after I had my first business and I was making some money, uh, Victor's advice wasn't enough to take me to the next level. So I had to search for, because Victor, he was making good money, but he wasn't making big money. He wasn't a multimillionaire. He didn't have a private jet. Uh, He was fueling. So I had to find somebody else who was at the bigger level, five, 10, 20 years ahead of me to help me see further down that road. So that was when Ty Lopez and Grant Cardone came into the picture. And I was very impressed by them, by all the things that they had accomplished, the the lifestyle they were leading, the companies that they had built. And I started watching their YouTube videos. I got Grant Cardone's books, the 10X rule, And basically I started delving in that kind of information and that was another paradigm shift that helped me see, uh, helped me see bigger because it's another thing to be thinking about a website, a blog that makes you $10,000 a month and another thing to think about how you can fuel a jet, Mm -hmm. right? It's a totally different level and with new information, you can get to that new level. It's like a video game. Um, you play the first, you play in the beginning and then you have an undeveloped character and you are fighting those little monsters and that's enough to get you to do your first few steps, but then you have to upgrade to get to the next level to fight the, the boss of the, the to go to the final stage, you know? So you have to find who is the next person that's going to help you upgrade yourself and get there. And for, for me, that was uh, Ty and Grant. Their combined influence helped me get to that next level. Absolutely.
0: A wise man once said, man, I wanted to share with you all. They say there is no secret to success. Having a mentor is the secret to success. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. My absolutely. God, Damien. Yeah, yeah um, so uh, tell us about the moment where you sat down with um, Grant and he said that $100,000 a month wasn't anything. And then tell us about the moment as well uh, when you sat down. At, I guess you flew in the Ties, ties event. And it, was a, it was a couple of you all, um, you know, and he was just saying that which, which of the, I think he said the three, C, four C's or the, one of those was important. The four M's. Four, four M's. M's. There you go which you know which you'll remove or so like that. just tell us about those moments i don't want to spoil it for the people so tell us about that moment of sitting down with grant cardone and then tell mm-hmm. us about the moment of sitting down with ty and what came up big for you that you can you know can share
1: right now all right so i went to to meet ty at a point where uh, i had made my first million, and then my income at that point was about a hundred thousand dollars a month that i had to that I have, I had at my disposal to spend however I liked. So I wanted to tie with um, a, d- a dilemma, and I wanted to know: should you scale and just work re- relentlessly to just uh, take your income a level higher and maybe get to making a million dollars a month, or should you stay where you are and use that, use those resources? To enjoy and live your life. And Ty didn't know what to tell me, so he gave me a test so I could figure out on my own. So he basically he, he basically gave me four criteria. He called that the, the four M's system. I and mean, it's it's money, it's mating. Um, and the last two, one of them has to do with status and the other one has to do with traveling but I don't remember the n words for them anyway. So he had you prioritize those things money, mating, status, and lifestyle, and traveling basically, Uh, movement and and master. master. Yeah, right, movement and master, right. Yeah, so he wanted me to discover for myself which of those things was more important than me for me. And the way I ranked them, money was not at the top of my head. I basically wanted movement more than anything else and and secondly came um, mastery and status I wanted to grow my personal brand and then was money and mating so he was like you don't need to scale you're already at the financial level where you're living a great life you're at the top 99.999% in your country you don't need to scale just keep doing what you're doing don't wreck it don't destroy it don't just wake up one morning and just fuck it all up just because you for whatever reason just maintain it and just live your life and then i was like okay sounds sounds like a good answer i was pretty happy that day and then i go to grant uh, a month later and i ask him the same kind of questions and he was like scale 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 and I was like, what, what do you mean? Tai said the complete opposite thing and he's like, no, you have to scale. If you don't scale, you die. You will lose it all. If you don't scale, you have to scale. There is no other option. Look at what happened to Greece. Greece didn't scale and look at what happened to them. And I was like, okay, he has a point. And he was like, Damien, if you make a hundred thousand dollars a month, you're broke. And I was like, what are you talking about? Did, did I hear that right? I couldn't believe in my ears. And for a moment, I was a little bit, um, let's say, offended. I was like, come on, man. I'm 21 years old. I'm making all that money. I'm, I'm living a I'm living life. How are you saying that? It's nothing. And then I quickly realized that all Grant was trying to do was to Make me see the bigger picture, and he realized that I had potential for more than that. So he tried to tease me and pressure me that way in order to go after more.
0: Right on. And after leaving leaving those two meetings, what came up for you, big? Yeah, yeah. What came up? What came up for you, big? I'll- or so? Yeah. What came up for you after leaving those meetings with those? Like what? What what like happened now in your life? Like what happened? What came up different or something big may came upon? Maybe um, I don't know. Maybe you made an extra million dollars or something from one of the businesses or so like that.
1: Okay, immediately after the grand meeting, what came was absolute confusion. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Right, and I was in that state for probably probably a year yeah did, I, it hum- I did,
0: it, know. I, did it did it humble you though cuz you you knew what it was to be at zero you knew what it was to be at 30 to 15 15,000 and continue to incline but still going through some roadblocks right but it had to humble you in some way where he's like 100,000 a month ain't nothing then Ty like man two different minds and it's still helping you yeah so I think that's amazing, man. And, and and thank you for sharing that, man. Shout out to those two individuals, man, um, as well. I think he was about to share about what came up for you at the, at the time, at the
1: time yeah. meeting. Uh, I believe that they were both right and wrong at the same time. Okay. So I was very confused after I, get, uh, I received all that conf- conflicting advice. I didn't know what to do. And for a few months, I just travel the world contemplating it. I went to Las Vegas, I went to Mykonos, Cyprus, and a few other places. And I mostly followed Thai's advice for, for the most part. I just maintained what I had, made sure that um, it didn't collapse and enjoyed my life. And I wanted to see how that felt. And it was very good for for a while, but then, I started thinking about Grant's perspective more, and I'm like, okay, if I keep living like that, it's a good life, but am I truly, absolutely fulfilled with it? Am I? Have I reached the peak of my potential? Is there really more that I can do? Uh, and I realized that I was only in the beginning of my journey, and uh, I. I had climbed a very small hill, but there was a mountain there waiting for me in order to get to the next peak, to the next level. And I realized that uh, I had to shift my direction and do what Grant said and scale. But I wanted to do it in the most efficient way. Like I said before, minimum for the maximum. So I started thinking, what are the businesses that I'm going to do that I can get into, which will be the most enjoyable to me so I can get to enjoy my life and have movement and freedom and status so that I can feel the part of the equation that Ty talked about, whilst also scaling and getting to the million dollar a month level so that I could combine those approaches. And... I came to the conclusion that my old business, my consulting firm uh, co- doing copywriting and Amazon listings for clients, yes, it was making money, but it wasn't the most fulfilling thing in the world. So I decided to shut it down and go take all the money I had and get into new ventures.
0: All right.
1: So what was those new ventures for you, those new ventures for you, man?
0: And what would you say Thus far, what has been the best invest- investment you've made, man? Just, or so like that. So take us through that.
1: All right. So, because I started my YouTube channel at the time that I visited Grant and Time, yeah, exactly. I had to hire a, a professional videographer to travel with me everywhere I went and to film everything. So I got into that part of video lifestyle production. And as a result, I started a video production company that focuses on luxury lifestyle productions. And basically, that's all the photos and videos and lifestyle videos you see on my YouTube and my Instagram. And that was one business that I did. Uh, But on the one hand, just having that expense of all those travels and the videographer wasn't going to pay the bills. So I started taking clients on the side and leveraging all the knowledge that I had accumulated from my 5 or experience in order to get clients for that business. So I, I could uh, not only travel the world and live that life, but at the same time get paid for it. So whenever we would go to a new place, let's say we'd go to Mykonos this summer to live at a luxury uh, seafront villa and live a good life in Mykonos, we would come into contact with the owner and agree to uh, negotiate our stay to be free or even get paid to stay at their villa. But in exchange, we would make a promotional lifestyle video for them so that they could use it to bring more guests in after we left. So we would start doing those agreements with with high-end venues, with villas, uh, villa and mansion owners, with clubs, with restaurants, with hotels. And basically, we get paid to travel around the world and film the good life.
0: That's amazing, man. I love that, man. Um, so you know, I was uh, watching one of your um, on your YouTube series, and it was a I think it was a probably a moment for you. But one thing about you, you just you learn to just keep going no matter what's in your way, man. Like um, it's really the ultimate ultimate entrepreneur in the most humblest way. So I guess you was traveling and you had a few friends and business partners with you and y'all was on your way to Miami. And I guess one of you guys' reservations got canceled. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then another reservation got canceled. And another res- reservation after that got canceled. And there was a lot of money that was lost. And in this video, you just was just trying to find the solution. So take us back in that moment when all that happened and what did you learn from that? So those that's listening right now can see what you lose that you can also gain much more from.
1: Yep. So it was September 2018 and we traveled to Miami in order to meet a friend of ours, my videographer and I. Uh, We were with him in Mykonos the summer before and had an amazing time. So we arranged to meet again in Miami. And basically uh, have some good times there. And we arrived in Miami. We had booked a massive penthouse with an infinity pool at the top of a skyscraper. It was like incredible. And the moment that we arrived, we had an an Uber take us to the penthouse address. And I'm trying to find where the the person that was supposed to give us a key were. He was nowhere to be found. I log into my Airbnb app. I find the reservation and I suddenly see that it's canceled. And it's 10 p.m. We're in Miami after like a 14-hour flight from Greece. We have nowhere to go. We take our suitcases and step into a McDonald's, get something to eat and try and find a new place to stay at. We didn't want to stay at the hotel because we... We're expecting guests. We had our friend flying from New York. We also had some female models that were gonna come film with us. So we were expecting a lot of people and couldn't uh, go to a hotel. We wanted a big place to stay at the penthouse. We had booked at like four or five bedrooms, uh, huge living room. It was two floor penthouse. We had a massive balcony with the infinity pool. So we needed something big as a replacement. And we find a castle. In Florida, we find the castle. <laughs> and I'm like, it's five thousand dollars a night. I mean, is it worth it for a week? Spend thirty-five thousand dollars for the castle. And I'm like, okay, we are here to film. We're gonna get paid from from it anyway. Uh, it's for the YouTube channel, so people are gonna see. They're gonna get inspi- inspired. So okay, let's book the castle. And we booked that ca- the, the castle while sitting in the McDonald's. And basically, I had ooh, about ten to fifteen thousand um, dollars on hold from the previous reservation, and another thirty-five from the castle, until like fifty k on hold from Airbnb. We booked the castle. Um, after an hour, they contact us and they're like, "We cannot give you the castle." It was some kind of manager who was managing the guests, and he's like. Uh, we cannot give you the castle. Like, I cannot come in contact with the owner. He's out of Miami. We have to give you one of our of our other villas. Um, let me send you the links. check it out. And I'm like, no, I don't want any other house. I want the castle. Because I, at that point, I had already created the picture in my mind that I was going to go to that massive castle with all the girls and my friends and have a good time and film. And I didn't want to go somewhere else. There was They were trying to solve another option down our throat. And it wasn't even that good. So eventually we were forced to go to a hotel for that night because we couldn't find a solution. And the next day we have to search for a new mansion to stay at. Uh, but I have $50,000 on hold on my card. And I'm like, how expensive is this trip going to get? <laughs> so... I find another mansion and we book that everything is all right. We go there, we move in. And basically that was the end of that whole agony. But uh, the the point I tried to make in that video where I shared that story was that when you go on a vacation, if you don't have the financial freedom to say, fuck you when those difficulties arise, what are you going to do? I mean, what, what's somebody going to do if they went to Miami from Greece and it was just the only money they had saved up for a year to go on that vacation and suddenly they had their reservation canceled and all the money on hold and you cannot go anywhere. What are you going to do? Hmm. If it was me two years ago when I was broke and it was the only money I had for that vacation, I was just going to, I don't know, end up on the streets, go to a shitty motel and just have my vacation ruined. Huh. That's what money does for you. I mean, uh, people say that it can't buy happiness, but when it gives you so many options and it gets you out of all the difficult situations that you can encounter, I mean, it can make you pretty happy.
0: Hmm.
1: Hey, man, that's, that's a
0: story right there, man. Honestly, I was watching it. I just watched it again. I'm like, man, this guy just found a solution, you know, and it didn't happen overnight. As you just shared it all on here, that's amazing, man. So um, I wanted to ask, man, um, what does now at the point of your life and the point of your career you're in right now, what does freedom and success really mean to Damien? What does it mean to you right now? And how do you try to use it? to serve others or help those around you to remain humble and just continue to keep staying grounded, I guess, you know, like what does that mean to you at this moment? That
1: mm-hmm. So as you grow up, you have a lot of desires, a lot of dreams, things that you want to do. Um, you imagine how your future is going to be. And then you end up being 18 years old and the school system, society, your parents, and everybody has beaten the shit out of you. And basically you have sacrificed all those things that you want to do when you were a child and you had that wild imagination running. And you have to sacrifice all those things you wanted to do in order to do something that's maybe safer or the smart thing to do or something that's gonna be more societally approved. And you repress a part of yourself, that child, this energy, that all that, all those desires you had while you were growing up, in order to do what your parents want you to do, what the world wants you to do. And in my opinion, money gives you back the power to reclaim all those lost dreams and desires you had growing up. And not only that it affords you the power to reclaim them for the people in your life that matter to you. It gives you the power to retire your parents. It gives you the power to give jobs to people you grew up with, to old friends, to people who are close to you. The more resources that you have, the more people you can affect and starting from your close circle and then expanding outwards.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I also read up,
0: man, um, you said that a, a lot of money creates pain and pain is the portion of growth.
1: Absolutely. Pain is a portion of growth, and I would not be where I am today had I not gone through some painful situations early in, in my life, sleeping on that mattress from the trash, uh, living in the uh, dorm room that the university gave me with cat um, cockroaches. And didn't even have a bathroom. I had to use public toilets. I had to eat at the dining hall, get shitty free food, and all those things at that at that point that I were experiencing them were painful, were embarrassing, were humiliating. Uh, I felt disadvantaged. I felt angry. But in retrospect, they gave me the power to do something with my life, and as opposed to friends of mine who back then were more comfortable than me they didn't have anything inside them to fuel the, that fire to do something with their lives
0: mm-hmm. indeed indeed and um what drives you now damn like man you live in a life you know luxury the cars the women but what is it that people don't see
1: Right now, uh, my main motivator is to retire my family completely. I don't want my parents to work another day in their lives unless they're doing something that they want to do. So I want to finance their own dreams, their own businesses and help them live their last 20, 30, 40, whatever years the way they please without having a boss, without having a government to tell them what to do so that's the main thing and beyond that uh, like I said before pain is a portion of growth and when there is absence of pain in your life because you're living in in relative comfort sometimes you may have to force yourself into some painful situations you have to uh, you have to welcome stress and you have to actually chase stress because stress is what pushes you and creates growth in your life so I strive on my own to do things that I don't want to do, things that are difficult, starting from little things like not eating that ice cream in the afternoon when I want it or eating pizza at night or even showering with cold water when I just want to fill the bathtub and just have a warm bath, you know? It starts from the little things and then it extends to even bigger decisions like maybe invest like a huge sum of money, 80-90% of your net worth on that one venture and make it work because if you don't, you're going to go from living like a king to living like a beggar. Like what Elon Musk did when he sold PayPal for like $250 million or something, somewhere out that range and he took all the money and he invested in um, SpaceX, Solar City, and... Tesla, he started those three companies with all the money he got paid from the sale of PayPal. And by his own admission, he didn't even have money to pay rent. He had to leave uh, the friend's place. So you have to take those kinds of risks in order to find yourselves in stressful situations by design in order to push you to the next level. Absolutely. I love how in the beginning things was,
0: I was a little, I'm going to be honest here, people, I was, And how things are now in flow, man. That's what I love about this, man. Honestly, my guy, Damian, man, is an incredible individual. Listen, this is what I do each and every interview, y'all. I want to take some time to show some gratitude towards him, man. Honestly, it's our first conversation, man. And I'm grateful and thankful to be able to be connected with this humble, humble individual. Not because he's a multi-millionaire, but because he's himself. And he came from humble beginnings to get to that level you know, to being able to teach us all and, and, and show us the ropes, man. Honestly, um, he's been nothing but persistent throughout this process and this journey. And we got to not only respect that, but we got to admire. And I want to give him his roses while he's here right now, man. I'm in Tampa, Florida. He's in Greece. And I think it's amazing for us to connect like this and things of that nature, to being able to share this journey, share the hardships that you went through and how he overcame and giving it to you guys. Up and tight, you know, and that's what it's about, guys. So just know that there's no silver spoon on nobody's table. You gotta pick that up and you gotta put something on your plate, you know. You gotta you gotta do that yourself. But it's also some people that may truly, truly believe you to help you every step of the way. So dang, man, I appreciate you and I thank you, man, for really being here with me, man. Honestly, you know.
1: Thank you. Thank you, El for having me on your podcast, man. It's been an honor.
0: My man, absolutely. We ain't finished just yet, man. Um few more minutes. Dang. So right now in this time of your life, man, and you got so many people that look up to you, and so many people may, you know, oh, man, he thinks he's all that. But you got that one young kid that follow you on YouTube, subscribe to your channel, that maybe subscribe to your websites or maybe one of your clients slash students, you name it this younger teen out in Greece, you may not met him, but he's met you. And you had to write him a letter. What would that letter be like, man? What would you say to that younger teen kid that's truly, truly inspired by your movement and your mission?
1: Mm -hmm. All right. i would tell him that you have to think about what you desire in life and blaze your own path no matter what others have told you that you should be doing with your life, don't don't walk on that predetermined road that others told you you should be walking on. And if there isn't a road for what you want to do, just make it yourself and just go your own way to do what you want to do. And like I said before, if you make all the right choices, and you wake up in the morning fired up, and you go to the bed to sleep fulfilled every night with what you've done during the day. There is nothing that can stop you. There is nothing that can stand in your way. No obstacle so big as to as to slow you down or make you want to give up. If you do all the right things and you know what these things are, you know everybody knows what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. So, blaze your own path and don't follow the predetermined one that others created for you.
0: Absolutely, beautiful man. And um, you know uh, what um, what's the main focus at this moment right now? You know, it's COVID nineteen going on, so you know it's not too much traveling at this moment, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, and since uh, the pandemic outbreak, I've been diversifying my portfolio and investing a lot in uh, forex investments. So I have that going on. That's been my main focus for the past few months. Uh, we've been getting amazing returns, and it's actually made me consider um, because, like I said before, minimum for maximum. What? How can I get the best possible result with the most efficient, least wasteful action. And Forex, basically, when you put your money to work for you, it just produces the same result for me now that it took me one and a half years to create for my first business after almost 600 days of day in and day out, 14 hour days working at it with pure focus and dedication. And yeah, that's been my focus for the past few months.
0: So, so you've, you will actually um, give some advice to some, some of those who may be thinking about getting into Forex to say, go ahead and do that because you'll be able to definitely get, get back more in what you invest in. Or you just think it's I the best way to build teams and everything like that too, right?
1: I would say that, first of all, it's a very difficult thing to do and you should only do it after you've set up uh, a primary source of income, so that you have the cash flow that you can invest in. Because if you have the cash flow and you are just not leveraging it, uh, like Jean Cardone says, take your cash and make it do something. Where you don't just let it sit in a bank account where the bank is profiting off of it. You have to take it and make it make those um, make those dollars bill make those dollar bills generate some baby bills but if you don't have that first primary source of income which in my opinion the best way to create it is to start a digital business if you don't have that then you cannot get into any kind of investment whether it's forex whether it's real estate or something else you need that cash flowing business first
0: absolutely And how do you maintain a success man you know like how do you how do you maintain a success
1: because it's something extremely difficult to learn on your own, it takes years, if not decades, to master technical and fundamental analysis, learn how to read the charts, candlestick patterns, make predictions uh, you have to find you either have to find somebody who is at a very high level who can teach you or somebody who's at a very high level that you can copy and I have my own team in New York City who I'm copying and I'm basically profiting off of Borrowing their already developed brain and knowledge.
0: Right, right, right.
1: I know you did a lot of traveling as
0: well, man. Uh, like you've traveled over the country. I think that's amazing. Because for those who listening, I think it's best for us to travel, get out of our comfort zones, and you know, see new places, meet new people, make new connections. Damn, out of all the places you've been to, man, what's that one go to? That one specific place you like to go have fun? A place you like to have good meetings, great events? Just an all fulfilled place for you. Uh,
1: a place that I've already been to, or one of that, you, that I have that you've yeah. been to, that you've been to, that I've been to. Mm, I would say, I would say California was. i was the, about to say you know, LA. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like the weather in LA. Besides the weather, what else though? For like, what else like?
0: Just I don't know, touches the soul and everything of that nature, man. It's like I'm a, I'm a probably. Get me a, a home in there, you know, in LA sometime. If you may not have one already out there in
1: California, I don't know. I just I felt euphoria while being there. It was maybe it was because it was my first time, but just the whole vibe of the place, the people, it was just so different from everything else I've experienced.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I can I can't really explain it. That's all you know, good. it's just a feeling you
0: get. Right, indeed. And nowadays, man, we're in 2020 right now. What, what do you want to see um, much more from entrepreneurs that you don't really see, you know, that you may see on social media, but you don't see them partaking that, that same energy in real life?
1: Hmm. I would probably want to see more high-level, very successful entrepreneurs sharing their secrets and lessons and giving back some of their knowledge to their world. Because if you think about it, you're not going to see Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or Jeff Bezos writing a book and telling you what they've learned all those years in business. And I mean, why? I mean, leave something behind you for the next generations to follow. Something written in paper that can benefit the world. For example, there is a very big uh, Greek entrepreneur, Aristotle Lomassis, who was one of the richest Greeks who've ever lived. He was a multi-billionaire back in the 1970s. He had a fleet of yachts and homes all around the world. He was very, very rich. And he didn't write a book or something to cement all that knowledge for the next generation. It's just a waste of all that experience and information just lost, you know?
0: Absolutely. And uh, what do you feel like is missing, man? You, you've accomplished so much in your life. What do you feel like that one thing you're after right now? You know, um, I know you said Forex is a focus, but it could be mentally, it could be physically. I know you're big on fitness and boxing and everything, too. You know, kickboxing, um, you name it, man. So, or spiritually, you know, what, what, what's that next that you feel like is missing for you in your journey right now?
1: Um, Honestly, I don't feel like anything is missing. I mean, I like the direction my life is heading at and I wouldn't change a thing. Gotcha. Just maximize maximize everything that I'm already doing. Right. There's
0: always another level, right? To continue to keep going up. Absolutely. And what do you enjoy most about the lifestyle right now? Like, what do you enjoy most?
1: Uh, The thing that I enjoy the most is that I can wake up in the morning without worrying about paying my bills, or without having anybody to give a report to and tell them, ask ask anybody for permission and just wake up and do my own thing, whatever that is, whatever that is I wanna do in a day. Okay. And sometimes now, because I've been doing that for so long, I take it for granted, but I try to go back and remember a day when, I didn't have that privilege and just I reminded myself of how it felt to had to had to tell my parents everything I was doing, to have to ask them for money, ask them for permission, ask my boss. And it's just a whole different world. Yeah. Yeah, it gotta be a, a bittersweet
0: sweet feeling, you know, because you you know what it was to really um be in poverty, um or so like that. So I know it's now, sometimes you may wake up and be like, am I really here? You know, it may surprise you sometimes, but you worked for it. You did all the right things to get to where you at. So, you know, um, I, I really, I'm I'm truly inspired by your mission, man, and by your movement, and I'm going to root for you. Honestly, um, we have a little bit more time left. Uh wanted to ask you, um, what are you um, – So now this COVID, uh, my bad, I just had it. So what do you, what is the the next, next step for you? You know, what did you look into in the next few months before the new year?
1: Mm -hmm. So I'm probably looking at competing in MMA soon Um, after September. Hopefully if there there isn't another uh, COVID wave. Because they've been saying that there's gonna be a second wave of cases and another quarantine after September. So, if that's not happening, I'm gonna to train to fight sometime around December. Because I've always wanted to compete professionally in kickboxing and MMA. I've wanted that since I was 17 years old, and it was um it was one of those things that everybody told me I shouldn't do because it just wasn't a good career path. So I just back then I had no um, I can't say I had no will, but that was just very, very easily affected by the perception and opinions of others, especially members of my close circle. So if my family said that you shouldn't do that, you should go to university and become a scientist, then I would listen to them blindly and just do that because they are older, they know more, you know. But now I just do my own thing and I've had that, Um, that urge to compete in uh, combat sports ever since I was 17, and I want to do that now.
0: Okay, that's awesome, man. That's amazing. Uh, You got to keep the adrenaline rushing, right? Um, It came back to me. So I wanted to give you some time to have the floor, to share something that you haven't shared in an interview before, haven't shared with somebody in a long time. I wanted to give you a few minutes of that time to just share on this platform before we close it out.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing I've never shared on an, on an interview before is that in my last year of high school, my, uh, my mother got sick of cancer. And as a result of that, we had a lot of unexpected medical expenses. And with one salary, we weren't able to afford all her treatments. So my uncle who's doctor had to help us financially. And at the same time, I was in my last year of high school, I had to study for the panhellenic exams, which is inherently a very stressful process because the way it works is you go to school every morning from eight to eight a m to two p m that 's the public education, but it does not suffice to prepare you for the panhellenic exams who have a very weird uh, very odd system, so you have to take private classes in the afternoon from two p m to 8 p.m., basically the whole day you're in school studying. And when you go back home, you have to do your homework. So all your day you're, in front of, you're sitting on a desk in front of a book just studying for something in order to get ready for those exams because those are the exams that for us in Greece determine the rest of our lives. So I was going through that process for a year. At the same time, my mother got sick of cancer. And of course, those private classes aren't free. You have to pay them very, very weird, unfair system here in Greece. And we have the expenses for my classes, which were more than my mother's salary. So we couldn't pay for them. And we were on a debt for that. And then on top of that, we have my mother sick of cancer, her treatments, my uncle chiming in. And then I had all the burden of performance. I had to uh, prove that all the investment that was put into me in terms of those private classes for the Panhellenic exams preparation it was worth it. I had to get results and it was a very stressful period for me. And I actually didn't get the results I was seeking. I was, uh, my goal was to get access to study medicine, but I scored a little bit lower and got into chemical engineering. It was a very disappointing Moment of my life, and I felt like everybody was judging me for it. Even though my mother eventually um, was cute and was all right, I felt like God I was in my own family for my performance during that year. Absolutely, yeah. man. I
0: think that's a very um, deep moment, man, because uh, that's something people don't see. You know, that's something that people don't hear about, and um, I can relate because I was you know, five, and my mom passed away from cancer, you know, and um, I think that, you know, that um, she's in a better place, but to hear your story and you to share that and to hear that your mom is cured, man, I think that's amazing because God works in mysterious ways, you know, so like that. Um, So I thank you really for sharing that, man, and um, just sharing your journey today, you know, honestly, man, and uh, I just wanted you to really just – leave some words off and i'm gonna ask my one last question and then we can get out of here man
1: so uh the main thing i would like to say is that no matter what situation you're in your life right now there are decisions you can make to change that around no matter how dire the situation seems no matter how hard it is and the hardest thing actually is to not giving the the seemingly easy choice to not take the path of least resistance. Because when I took that job as a bartender many years ago, I was lucky to be fired on the first day because had I kept that job that summer, I would not have uh, persevered in my business. I would not have gotten any results. I would just have given up on it. And I would just—I would still be in university right now, studying, and probably working that job or some other job at the same time to make ends meet. And I would have done really nothing with my life. I would be—I would still be in square zero, and that would be the price for taking the path of least resistance. So I'm very grateful that my boss back then fired me. Yeah, indeed, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Guys. Yeah, indeed. And when it's all said and done, what does Damien want to be mostly remembered for?
1: Hmm. Honestly, it's something I haven't really thought about because I'm at an age right now, which is that you don't really think about legacy. Perhaps I'm still not mature enough to be thinking about these things, but it just hasn't crossed my mind yet, you know? Usually what you want to be reminded me of, legacy and those things. You start contemplating about those uh, musings after you're 50 or 60. I don't know, <laughs> I for me, it hasn't yet, yet really crossed my
0: mind. Indeed, it's interesting that you said 50 and 60 because I was uh, I was watching an interview with you and Grant Cardone, but I also read up on it too. I was listening to an interview with him and someone else and he was sharing that it wasn't until his 40s is when he really started to see the real success in his life so i think that's amazing you know or so that you just shared that um Dame, if you can lead the people off with your social media your websites any exciting projects you got coming up um and anything else they can any way else they can connect with you
1: man feel free to yeah i'm on all social media twitter instagram youtube at damian prosa you can follow me on there connect with me if- Feel welcome to send me a message. Tell me you came from a podcast. I would love to speak with you guys. And I would like to thank you, Ralph, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and I would really like to meet you when I'm back in the States.
0: Absolutely, man. We got to make it happen. Hey, people, I thank you all for really, really tuning into this interview today. Most importantly, man, thank you, Dane, for really being a part of here, man, Um, and and being a part of the Inspire Before We Expire community now, man. Um, People, if you haven't already, subscribe, you know, iTunes at the Inspire Before We Expire podcast. Leave us a review that helps us with a greater reach on many other individuals who may be just going through something in life, man, maybe facing some hardships, some financial troubles some personal, maybe going through mental illness, may just lost their job, or whatever it may be, maybe lost a family member a friend to the streets or maybe to an illness. There's a lot going on, man. And I pray, I wanna take a moment to silence it too, for those who around the world facing this COVID-19 right now, man. I wanna take just a minute. And I just pray for their pray for, pray for healing, man, and everything of that nature and for them to get through what they're going through, man, um, or so like that is It's tough, and we all just got to really get through it, you know, by sharing this message and connecting with like-minded individuals like Damien Prosa himself and, um, you know, really most importantly, just uh, staying prayed up, guys, and keeping the faith most importantly, honestly. So we thank you all for your time. Damien Prosa, thank you so much for your time. Shout out, shout out from Greece. You know, and um, until next time, people. So we thank you all. Follow my guy, support his mission, and stay tuned for incredible projects he has coming up. There's more. He comes from humble beginnings. So salute to him. Let's give our people their roses while they're here. This is an Inspire Before We Expire. I'm Terrell Sumter. That's my guy, Damon Prosa. This is an Inspire Before We Expire, and we're out. Woo! My man. <laughs>
1: Thank you.